0: Listening to the St. Mark's Podcast for May 31st, 2020, the day of Pentecost. Today's sermon was given by the Reverend Peter Walsh. It's based on Acts 2, verses 1 through 21. Good morning. I'm here and you're there, and together we are present to one another in the power of the Spirit. Let's begin by. Everybody just taking a really deep breath. Breathe in the breath of God and just let it out. Breathe in the breath of God and begin to let go that which you are holding. Breathe in the breath of God and let go. We've all been under a lot of stress for quite a long time, and now of course this morning that stress seems to, in its own way, to be increasing. We have a health crisis where 100,000 of our fellow Americans has died, Three hundred, over 340,000 of our fellow human beings have died around the world, we have an economic crisis, we have 40 million people who have, uh, we know of as unemployed in our country and now this morning we awaken again to the the bubbling up of the great racial divide that we have on our country that systemic racism that that bursts forth and literally in flames so discord and division and disunity we all need to breathe what we really need of course is the gift of the holy spirit And so that makes today's day all the more perfect, all the better time. For today is the Pentecost, the feast of the Holy Spirit is the feast of the breath of God. It is the the feast of the Spirit from which all spiritual lives come, from which all religions get their sustenance. It is the feast of, of redness, the primal fires that burn with love in the heart of God. This is the feast day for the so-called third person of the Holy Trinity, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son and from whom flows out of this Trinitarian life flows life. Life for you and life for me and life for all of us. So the Holy Spirit is the spirit of life. The Holy Spirit does not create, but uh, the, it is the Holy Spirit that is poured out into creation that vivifies it, energizes it, and sustains it, right? Uh, the Holy Spirit is the energy of life. It is the vitalizing force that makes creation go. It's, it's the holy gasoline, right? The divine rocket fuel. It's the, it's the wave that continues always. Through the created and living world. It is the divine force field in some sense that is universal and it is particular and it is personal. Jesus calls the Holy Spirit, right, the comforter and the counselor and the advocate, the one sent to care for us, to guide us, uh, and to inspire us. Now, the Holy Spirit is part of our lives <laughs> all the time, even with our out without knowing it. Right? Uh, it's like water from a source that that goes into a tree or a plant. Right? It's it's the same water, even though when you look at the tree or the plant, you do not see the water. It is being, and without this being, the rest of us beings would not be. We have this breath of God that breathes within us, as Paul tells us in Romans, with sighs too deep for words. We are always breathing the breath of God, our souls, that spirit in our souls is always in prayer. And perhaps you can begin to feel that now as uh, you begin to let go of some of the stresses that you're holding into your lives. Now, when we become conscious, or even our unconscious awakens to that spirit within us, it always comes as a bolt of new vitality. And I must say, who amongst us doesn't need a bolt of new vitality, right? In these disorienting and disturbing days, this low level stress and sometimes high level stress, it drains the energy out of us, that vital chi or prana, that life force within us, uh, gets taxed uh, in, these, in these difficult days. Now, to plug into this Holy Spirit that is already there with us is not only to, in some sense, plug into God, it is to plug into life itself, right? It's to plug into the vitality of life. The glory of God as a human being fully alive in the power of the Spirit now, today we, we celebrate not only the, the, the Holy Spirit, but we celebrate the Holy Spirit's coming to the church. It is, it is the, the birthday of the church. The, the church is a fruit of that spirit. In other words, there is a heavenly movement that creates an earthly movement. And the Pentecost event, which we just heard so beautifully read in so many different languages by all of our brothers and sisters in Christ, that that they are describing is something like a spiritual supernova, right? Uh, An explosion of spiritual vitality that comes from God that changes the world. Right? It creates a movement, the Jesus movement, the, the movement of the church that has extended through and over time and has changed countless, billions and billions of lives. They are in the upper room, the so-called upper room is where tradition has it that the disciples were gathered. Tradition has it that this is the, the second floor of the Apostle Mark's house, St. Mark's church his mother's house and they are up on that second floor and they're doing what they were told at the ascension. They're going and they're waiting. And as they're going and they're waiting, undoubtedly they're in quiet. They've seen crazy stuff, right? And they're processing and they're praying. Now, of course, there is this incredible ironic thing about the spiritual life, which is sometimes the things that seem most passive to us Uh, are the most exciting uh, to the Holy Spirit. This incredible group passivity brings out uh, an activation in the spirit that is explosive, right? So in this case, their passivity uh, leads to, in the Holy Spirit, one of the greatest group spiritual experiences of all time. A group spiritual experience that we continue to live in the wake of today. It says in Psalm 104 verse 4 thou makest the winds thy messengers fire inflame thy ministers <laughs> so true because this is a story of spiritual wind and spiritual fire now I love it that the way the story begins is that when the spirit arrives it comes suddenly There's no warm-up. Many of you have been in hurricanes or near a tornado and there's a lot of warm-up, but here they are gathered and then it comes. It must have literally been petrifying. The scriptures say, suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind. Set your inner ear or spiritual imagination on this a sound from heaven comes and it's like a violent wind now I want you to think here a moment about the theophanies of the Hebrew Scriptures the manifestation of God in the Hebrew Scriptures maybe Moses on Mount Sinai or Elijah on Mount Horeb or perhaps you've been in a hurricane or two, and you have heard that violent wind, I mean, I must say the first hurricane I was in made such an impression on me, I never wanted to be another, near another hurricane. The wind is petrifying. You feel very small and very vulnerable with Mother Nature. And for these disciples in that upper room, they must have felt very small and very vulnerable with, with God, right? Mother God. Now it is worth noting, of course, that there is no wind, right? Just sound. This is a spiritual tempest of sound that is alive with God. And it says, And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. So we now have a house full of sound. And then that wind which is not wind becomes fire which is not fire. Says, divided tongues as of fire appeared among them and a tongue rested on each of them translation might say something also like a flaming fire I love that a flaming fire this is not a smoldering fire and and the translation uh, is sometimes pictured as though there is flaming fire in the room before it alights on the disciples, right? A light. I love that word, a light. Uh, this is where we get miters. Our bishops have miters representing the alighting of the Holy Spirit on the disciples. This this fire, this spiritual fire, is what Jesus was talking about when he said that he came to cast fire upon the earth. Jesus is not talking about an apocalyptic fire of the end of time. He is talking about the liveliness and the loveliness of the primal fires of the Holy Spirit. And this is what John the Baptist was also talking about when he was talking about Jesus, and he said, he will baptize you with Holy Spirit and with fire. The disciples are literally swept off their feet, right? Uh, This little room, St. Mark's, Mother's home cannot contain a spiritual supernova. Boom! They explode out of the room. They explode onto the streets of Jerusalem and the energy is overwhelming. That passivity is done. Activity just explodes on that street, right? The crowd gathers and then out of this spiritual supernova that comes in to these ordinary disciples. It says, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. And each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. There was a little dot, dot, dot there. In other words, what is described is that the spiritual gifts brought by this spirit are gifts of speaking gifts of hearing and gifts of communication i love the line where it says are not these are not these galileans it's not only saying are not these guys and gals from the galilee it's a little bit like saying aren't these a bunch of hicks how is it that they know these languages And of course, there's a great irony here as there is so often in great spiritual events, right? In a situation that no one can understand comes incredible understanding, becomes understanding of language and communication, it becomes understanding of God right? The, the divisions and divisiveness uh, that fell out of the Tower of Babel, right? Where, where humanity was divided because they couldn't communicate suddenly comes back together where they are back together with communication and they are unified in God. And tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, that is not what we need now in the United States of America, right? To communicate with one another in a way that we can be heard, and felt and experienced, each in their own language, and then to be unified in God. What follows, of course, is the first sermon, and it's given by Saint Peter, and he stands on his soapbox, right? And he begins it by saying, hey, they're not drunk, it's only nine o'clock in the morning. I kind of love that, as though maybe they would be drunk later in the day, but they're not drunk now, it's nine o'clock in the morning. And then he goes on to quote the prophet Joel and he says, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. I will pour out my spirit. This is what we're talking about is the pouring out of the Holy Spirit and they are the vials of this spirit. You know, we were I don't know how long we've been with COVID-19, but maybe 10 or 11 weeks and we now talk a lot about infectious disease, but let me tell you that that Holy Spirit is infectious too. We talk a lot about how contagious COVID-19 is, but it is nothing compared to the contagiousness of the Spirit of God, right? So uh, the day that begins at 9 a.m. when when the disciples come exploding out of that room into the streets of Jerusalem, eventually ends up with 3,000 converted, right? These disciples who are passive and, and, and intimidated and not knowing what's going on, they, 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 in the power of the Spirit, explode onto the street. They become witnesses of Jesus. They become apostles of the gospel to the ends of the earth ordinary people are seized and possessed by the Spirit of God that is so overwhelmingly powerful that the movement within them brings a movement that casts the light of God that continues to ripple today. It is extraordinary what happens in the power of the Spirit. And yet the Spirit has never left us. The Pentecost ain't over yet, right? The gifts that the Spirit brings are a myriad. And that's what St. Paul is talking about today in the letter to the Corinthians, as that each of us has been given a spirit. And we might say for, in Paul's words, for the building up of the body of Christ. But it is not only that, it's for the building up Of the whole of humanity for the church does not exist for itself it exists to be part of that Jesus movement to serve the world and we need that now from me and from you you have been given a gift from God in the power of the Spirit and you and I and all of us are to use it to serve the world. The world is in great need right now. And we are not just victims of things that are happening to us. We are meant to be instruments of God's peace through the gifts of the Spirit that have been given to us. And yet, as Jesus said, I will not leave you alone. And the Lord does not leave us alone. Remember that? I will send you the Holy Spirit and he says, Uh, up in the Temple Mount today in the reading from the Gospel where he says, out of the believer's heart shall flow rivers of living water. That river of living water, that is the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. That is the flow of divine life that ripples and rides its way through your life, empowering you to be alive to the glory of God and to serve the world which is in great need. We all need this, this living stream. We all, we all need this spirit, this fire, because without it, you know, <laughs> we're just little vulnerable people, right? We're just little vulnerable people cowering at the stuff happening in the world, cowering at these big things. We do not need to cower in the power of the spirit. It makes us bigger than we are. It makes us who we are when that spirit flows through us and sometimes it is a ripping tide of God flowing through your life and let that ripping tide of God flow through your life do not back down from it you know our final hymn today is come down O love divine I just love this hymn love the tune of this hymn this is a prayer it's a Maranatha prayer those of you who Who know me know I love Maranatha. Uh, It's a it's a come Lord prayer, right? Come down, O love divine, seek thou this soul of mine and visit it with thine own ardor glowing. O comforter, draw near, within my heart appear and kindle it, thy holy flame bestowing. That first verse is a prayer of the heart. A prayer of the the flaming sacred heart, right? And those of you who are practitioners of yoga and know about the chakra systems, we're talking about the heart chakra system and the power of love that radiates out of this. This is a prayer that says, fill my heart with the ardor, the burning love of the Holy Spirit. This spirit has the power to renew you, to pull you out of your doldrums, to take you out of your low level anxiety, to, to take your angst and to turn it into holy energy. This burning, this ardor in our hearts gives us the power to step out and to confront injustices in the world, to stand up for what is right and righteous in our world. It gives us a strength from beyond when we do not have our own strength. I love Our Jewish brothers and sisters who have this whole phrase about repairing the world and healing the world, we are the instruments of that repairing and healing of the world. Now you may say to me, though I can't hear you through the camera, you may say to me, I'm just not feeling that right now. So my response is this, make your home the home of St. Mark's mother, make your second floor the upper room, your spot, right? And then just be, right? Be in that spiritual passivity. Cast your heart and invite the Spirit to come to you. And then wait. So much of the spiritual life is about waiting. Oh boy, it's about waiting. So annoying to have to wait. But wait and wait and wait. And just wait. Cast your heart upon it. Pray for that spirit to come. It'll come on its own time. But when it does, let that spirit fill your heart with a burning ardor. Let it make home in your soul. Let it make home in your household. And let it blast out. And let it spill into the world so that you can become an instrument of of God's healing grace in a world that has great need. I'm just going to say to you, the world needs you. The world needs you, and God wants to use you. Peace, may the Holy Spirit burn in your life. You can find more sermons on our website at www dot St. Mark's New dot org.